Bibles this morning and turn to John 15. John chapter 15. Let's all stand together, if you would, and we're going to read just one verse. We'll read it together, out loud in unison. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. John chapter 15, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And we're going to look at verse 11. John chapter 15, verse 11, let's read it together. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. One more time. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to meet together and to do so freely. Uh, sometimes we take that for granted, and we need to just stop and be thankful for the privilege that we have to do that. Lord, we're, we're thankful for your word, and we pray that this morning our hearts would be such that it would be fertile ground for the word of God as the spirit of God ministers to us through the preaching of your word. We pray, God, that, that uh, you would help us to see the importance of the subject at hand and uh, how the world is really looking for people that have this quality and uh, Lord, the, the only folks really on the face of this earth that can have it and can have it in fullness are saved people. And uh, thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you've given to us so rich and full and free in Jesus Christ. We pray your blessings upon the book as it goes forth this morning, as it enters our hearts. Uh, Lord, may it, may it enter and may we say yes to you and no to self that we might Seek to honor and please you in all things, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, you may be seated. The subject I want to speak on this morning is, is the subject of joy. Jesus said in, uh, in verse 11, he said, uh, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. Uh, he says, I want you to have my joy and I want you to keep my joy. Don't let it go. And then he, then he continued and said that your joy might be full. That your joy might be full. Um, God's, uh, God's uh, desire for, for his people is not necessarily that we have a fun time all the time. When, when we were raising our kids and, and they were growing up, Oftentimes they, they would pray and they'd say, Lord, help us to have a fun day today. Well, every day is not a fun day. But the truth of the matter is every day can be a joyful day. It might not always be fun, but it can always be joyful. Sometimes we, we uh, have the erroneous concept that uh, the opposite of joy is sorrow. But the truth is sorrow is not the opposite of joy. Um, Sorrow and joy can coexist. Uh, there have been times when I have been in extreme sorrow and yet had the, the joy of the Lord in my heart. Uh, every it seems like every time 
uh, one of the times I experience this often is, is when, when you go to a funeral of a person who has died in Jesus Christ, you know they're saved. When, uh, when Gary Smith's brother passed away, Bob, um, Bob was struggling before he died. Uh, he was struggling with things. He, he, was, he was heartbroken that he couldn't come to church. Um, and, and he was having physical problems. And, and then he passed away. You know what he did? He passed from this life of death to a life of life eternal. <laughs> what a blessing. And so on one hand, yeah, we were sad to see him go. We'll never see his wheelchair parked back there with him in it anymore. But, but so on one hand, there's sorrow. But on the other hand, there's joy. And they can coexist at the same time. Now, the truth is, the opposite of joy is not sorrow, but it's self-pity. You, you look at Jonah, when uh, Jonah completed his task of warning Nineveh about judgment to come, and then God spared, because of his mercy, he spared Nineveh. Uh, he didn't just lose his joy. He didn't just get sorrowful. He, he started to pity himself. And, 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 and that's really the opposite of joy is self-pity. Joy is the, is the bright spirit and the radiant countenance that uh, comes from being in fellowship with the Lord and having that joy of the Lord on the inside. The Bible talks about joy and, and, and how important it is for us to have joy. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, joy is strength. You are stronger as a believer when you have a joyful spirit and you're rejoicing in the things of God. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Well, your strength is small because your joy is gone. And when, when the joy is there, we have strength. When the joy leaves, we don't. You know, the issue isn't the size of the adversity. You know, this, this, this last year, 2020, everybody was all looking forward to 2021. And, uh, oh, we're going to get rid of this old 2020. Well, you know, it's, it's not the adversity that we face. And everybody faced different things, I understand, uh, this, this last year. But it's, it's, not the, it's not the size of the adversity. It's instead, it's whether or not you have that joy of the Lord on the inside. Um, you look at the, at the uh, response of Job and of Job's wife when uh, everything was taken from them. And what Job said was, he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even though he'd lost everything, he still had some joy in there because he was rejoicing in his God. His wife, on the other hand, said, curse God and die. <laughs> well, they both had different perspectives, and they had different perspectives because one still had joy, and the other one didn't. Um, joy isn't only our strength, but joy is our health. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Uh, when, when, when you're joyful, uh, you have a healthier spirit and often a, a healthier body as well. And then it affects our appearance. Uh, it, it, it affects the actual way that we look. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful 
countenance. Uh, joy is something that is, that is absolutely important and absolutely essential uh, in the Christian life. And joy is the proof to a lost world that God can fully satisfy our hearts. And when the world sees us responding to things just like they respond to things, then they look at us and say, hey, you know what, what's the difference? Look, look what good, from their standpoint, look what good religion has done for them. But when you have the joy of the Lord in adversity, like what Job had, man, you stick out. I mean, you really do. And uh, it, because there's very little joy in this world. Billy Sunday, who is an evangelist of years gone by, uh, Billy Sunday made, made this comment. He says, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. <laughs> well, that, that, that's really the truth. There's a leak somewhere. If your joy is decreased, then there's something wrong on the inside. What, what, are, the, what are some things that God says in his word that produce joy? What are some things that are the sources of that fountain of joy that comes up from within our hearts and springs out into our face and springs out into our spirit? Well, first of all, uh, the joy of the Lord comes from salvation. Just from knowing Jesus Christ as Savior, knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing that your name is written in heaven. Uh, Luke chapter 10, Jesus told the disciples when they came back, they were getting all excited because, because uh, uh, devils and, and evil spirits were subject to them. And they were able to heal people and all that kind of, and they were really thrilled with that whole deal. And what Jesus said was, he said, notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Once you get saved, for the rest of your life, you can rejoice in that one thing. If there's nothing else you have to rejoice in, you can rejoice in the fact that your names are written in heaven. And it's because it's, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus Christ. Um, you can rejoice if you have realized that you were a sinner and that you're on your way to hell and that your soul was in trouble. I, I think really uh, there's two, two things that uh, I'm finding increasingly difficult to get across to folks uh, in, this, in this time and this day and age. Number one is that they have a need, and that is that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the reason why I think that's so difficult is people don't think on eternal things. I can remember as a kid um, being alone and mulling through, and I'm talking about as a teenager, an early te in my early teens, mulling through things like, well, okay, my mom died. Where is she? I know she wasn't in the body, but she was somewhere. And, and uh, uh, where is she today? Well, that's not what's important. The thing that's important is, where am I going someday? And do I know where I'm going? And, and is there, what's going to happen to me after I die? I, mean, I honestly and sincerely thought through that stuff. Can I tell you something? I find fewer and fewer people thinking that way today. They just don't, they don't think like that. They're just not thinking along those lines. And, and as I said before, 
they, they, they don't have a need and they, they, it doesn't even come into their line of thinking. That's why it's so important for us to be a verbal witness for Jesus Christ and to, to, to let them know that there's a, uh, there's a heaven to, to take through the blood of Jesus Christ and there's a hell to shun. But uh, salvation is, um, is something that once we trust Christ as Savior, we can rejoice in. And not only down here, but we'll rejoice in it for all eternity. Uh, oftentimes, we rejoice in the wrong things. And, and Jesus was just cautioning these guys. He was saying, listen, he said, he said uh, uh, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. He says it's a good thing and so forth, but that's not the thing that you, have, you ought to have joy about. Because those things will come and those things will go. In the Christian life, one of the things that is, is up and down are victories. You, there are times of, of high points in the Christian life. There's times of low points in the Christian life. You don't, you're not always on a high. And, I, and I've watched over the years, and I've watched people that seem to just thrive on the high points. Don't be that kind of Christian. Don't, don't thrive on the high points. Thrive on that which is consistent. And you know what's consistent? If you're, if you're saved, your salvation is consistent. And you always have something to thank God for and rejoice uh, if you're saved. The second thing that we can rejoice in is uh, another thing we can rejoice in that produces joy is a good conscience. Um, the Apostle Paul often made the comment about, I have good conscience before God and man. And he always put it in that order. He says, I'm, I'm right with God and to the best of my ability, I'm right with others. When you have a good conscience, uh, that produces joy. Fellowship with God produces joy. Sin can ruin that. When sin gets in, it, can, it, can, it, it will mess up our fellowship. Not only can, it will. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we're, if we're right with God and we're right with others to the best of our ability, then from that spirit and from that attitude will spring joy. Another thing, go with me to, to John chapter 15. Uh, well, you should already be there if your Bible's still open. John 15, look down at verses 9, 10, and 11. As Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. He, uh, he, he was talking there about responding properly to the word of God. He was saying, listen, when you're obedient, you'll have joy. When you're disobedient, you won't have joy. Um, I, you know, I've, I've been in services like this, where God has gotten all over me about something. And there are times I have walked out and didn't get it right. And let me tell you something. When, when you walk away from God, whether it's here or whether it's anywhere, and you know God's dealing with you about something and you fight God, you are miserable. You just are. Uh, for the longest time, there was a particular issue that I was fighting God on. And, and honestly, I, I, was, I was in turmoil. Did I have joy? No, I really didn't. 
But when I got that thing settled, when I've, when I've walked the aisle and, and, and settled something with God, when just in, in, in the, the privacy of my own prayer time, I've gotten an issue settled with the Lord. And I, basically what, I'm, what, what you say is, okay, God, you're right, I'm wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna start following what you'd have me to do. Then that, that joy is there. Um, I have, I, I, I've literally felt this. I've felt uh, heaviness walking down the aisle, prayed, confessed it, got right with God, and then felt light as a feather walking back. And just had joy in my heart. Didn't have joy coming down, but I had joy going back. Why? Well, because I responded right to God's word. Uh, wise answers according to the scripture, can give you joy. Go to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. And in Proverbs 15, look down in verse 23. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 23. Proverbs 15, 23 says, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Now, this isn't talking about just responding and opening your mouth. It's talking about wise answers. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, hurtful and, and unwise words, not only do they hurt other people, but they rob us personally of our own joy. The Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So by saying the right things and by having proper answers to situations and individuals, we can, we can have joy. That, that, that pro, those proper answers produce joy in our hearts. Uh, another, another thing that produces joy is uh, proper responses to trials and pop, proper responses to persecutions and to difficulties in your life. James chapter one and verse, verses two and three says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It says, count it all joy. And when you respond properly to an adverse situation, God springs forth joy out of your heart Acts chapter 5, verses 40 through 42, the disciples were, were, uh, were persecuted and, and uh, they were out doing the work of the Lord. And it says they went their way rejoicing. They were persecuted. People were saying nasty things about them. They were trying to hurt them. They were trying to, uh, to do them harm. And yet the way they, they walked away from that thing wasn't with sorrow in their heart, but with joy in their heart, because they responded right to trials and difficulties. Another thing that produces joy is uh, those that we've led to Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verse 1. Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, 
my dearly beloved. He's talking to the church at Philippi, some of those folks. He had had a part and went into Christ. Uh, he had a part in establishing that entire church and, and uh, seeing those folks grow in the Lord. But he's, he calls them uh, his joy and crown, his joy and crown. Um, I stumbled across this week a, uh, a letter that was written uh, quite a few years ago by someone that uh, I had the, the privilege of leading uh, her and her husband to, to Jesus Christ uh, back in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I had forgotten about the letter. I didn't, in fact, I, I couldn't even remember that I had had a letter like that. And I just, I just read through that thing. And man, it just, it, it encouraged me. It encouraged me. Uh, when you have a part in, in winning people to Christ and you see people, see, see people uh, grow in the Lord, um, it, it produces joy in your heart. Because, because you know that your, your labor is not in vain. Uh, another thing, and this kind of goes hand in hand with that, was the spiritual growth of others that you're working with. Uh, that produces joy in your heart. Uh, according to, to uh, 3 John uh, verse 4, it says, John said, said this, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And he wasn't just talking about his own physical offspring, okay? He was also he was talking about those that he had he had invested in, and he watched them growing in Christ. He watched them responding uh, properly uh, in the Christian life. That brings joy. That's that's exciting when you see others grow. And then another thing that that produces joy is a source of joy is. Is the power of the Spirit of God in you. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. The very first two things are love and joy. You'll have a loving heart and you'll have a joyful heart when you are filled and led by the Spirit of God and you walk after the Spirit. Uh, anytime I have have obeyed the flesh instead of obeying the spirit the end result is never joy flesh might bring you fun the flesh might bring you excitement but can i tell you the flesh cannot produce joy can't do it joy is deep-seated and uh, joy is it comes down from the depths of your soul and uh when, when uh, you're following the Spirit of God and God has is, 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 is filled you and directing you and guiding you, the Bible says we have joy. And then uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. I love these verses. 1 Peter chapter 1. One last thing that is a source of joy, and really, we've talked a lot about it lately, and I hope we don't stop talking about it. Um, we need to be anticipating uh, the, the return of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That ought to be something that's on our hearts. That ought to be something that, I, I, you know, I can remember 
back when I was a, a younger Christian, and I've, I've started to do it lately again. Uh, I can remember going outside and looking up and looking at the clouds and thinking, gee, I wonder if the Lord's behind one of those clouds. I wonder if this is the day. Now, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a clear day, I say, well, at least not right now because there's no clouds in the sky. But, but uh, uh, I, you know, I can remember looking up and, seeing, and thinking, I wonder if he's coming today. That ought, to be our, that ought to be our heart. And you know what? That, just that anticipation springs forth not only hope, but it also springs forth joy. Look with me in, in uh, verse 7 and 8. And again, Peter's writing to a bunch of folks that are going through some tough times. They're being persecuted. I mean, not tough times like just losing their jobs. And not tough times like uh, just having family problems. Uh, I, when we say tough times, I mean they're under persecution. Some of them have been jailed. Some of them have been beaten for the faith. And he says this in verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You rejoice because you're saved, you rejoice because you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and you rejoice because, you know, one day you're going to see him again. We sang uh, in Sunday school, uh, I sh uh, the, the uh, song, wasn't it the song written by Fanny Cosby, I Shall Know Him? Okay. Uh, and and the, the whole song really just talks about the fact that, that uh, she, she was looking forward to seeing Jesus Christ face to face. I've, I've, I've uh, uh, read some things and, and listened to some bi biographical material on, on uh, Fanny Crosby. And she was blind her whole life. And yet, yet from what I understand, uh, she was a very, very joyful person. Uh, couldn't see. But one of the things that she was looking forward to, and you see it in her songs, one of the things she was looking forward to is the first sight she was going to see was Jesus Christ, her Savior. Woo! I mean, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, if that doesn't put a hop in your heart, <laughs> there's something wrong. And you need, you need to get your heart right. But the anticipation of knowing that, that Jesus Christ is coming again ought to give us some real joy. Now, what can we do? Uh, personally, in order to experience joy. What are some things that we can do so that we know that we'll have a rejoicing heart? Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles 16 is when uh, David has just brought the ark back to Jerusalem. And he is rejoicing. Michael, his wife, uh, sees his rejoicing and disdains him because of it. It just shows you how that two people, depending upon their spiritual condition, can look at the same incident and, and come away with total, totally different spirits and totally different hearts. 
Well, that was the case with, with, uh, with David. David was just excited and he was thrilled and he was joyful that the ark had returned. And, and this is part of his prayer in verses 8 through 11. In verse, verse 8, he says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, and make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the, the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Uh, David is, is uh, joyful and he's praising God for what he's doing. And he, he says these things need to be done. In order to have joy, here's some things we need to do. Number one, give thanks unto the Lord. Be thankful. Be known as a thankful person, not a griping person, not a complaining person. The Bible says, uh, in everything give thanks, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. One thing that you can be absolutely positive uh, when you're, that you're right smack dab in the middle of God's will is when you're thanking him. When you're, when you're showing praise and honor and glory and thankfulness and gratefulness to God for who he is and what he's done for you. Uh, the Bible says that all things, all things come from God's hand. And all things are designed to work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, everything in our life can be used to draw us closer to God. Everything in our life, whether it be something that would be pleasant or whether it be something that would be extremely adverse, everything can be used to, to draw us closer to God and to, to, uh, to build character in our lives. Trouble uh, can, can teach us about God. Trouble can teach us his ways in, in ways that uh, nothing else can. And it can cause us to to experience God's comfort. So whether it's, whether it's something that we would look at as pleasant or something that we would look at as adverse, either way, God says, listen, in everything, give thanks. If you, you have a thankful heart, you're going to have a joyful one. And then the next thing that he says in the prayer is to, is to call upon his name. Call on him. Spend time talking to God. Uh, when you have needs, cry out to him for help. Um, that's, listen, when we're in prayer, that's when God gets personal. That's when God gets personal. When we pour out our hearts to him, we pour out our desires to him, we pour out our anxieties to him, uh, call upon him. Uh, Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. Well, that was true for Paul because when he was weak, he depended upon God. When he was weak, he cried out to God and asked God, God for his help and for his grace and for his mercy. Another thing we can do, according to this prayer, is to make known his deeds among the people. Make known his deeds among the people. In other words, talk about God. Today, there are two playoff games. I don't, I, I can't, well, I, I, can, I do know one of them. One of them is... Uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that one. And then it's the Green Bay Packers, and I don't even know who they're playing. Um, but but uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk today. 
probably around here, and I'm not saying it's wrong, so don't, don't get all nervous, okay? But, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we've had a lot of talk about that stuff in our house this week. Uh, and it didn't emanate from me. You know who it emanated from. It came from John. Uh, John's all excited. Yes, he's home. Yes, he really is sick. Okay. So uh, as soon as I heard that he was sick, I thought, yeah, it's football day. That's why he's sick. And he's probably watching this thing saying, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Anyway, um, it's okay to talk about that stuff, but let me ask you, how much do you talk about what God's done for you? When was the last time you went up to somebody who you work with? I mean, it doesn't have to just be saved people. In fact, it shouldn't be just saved people. I'd be telling other folks how good your God is. You know, somebody gives you a compliment. One of the things that we've taught our kids is uh, uh, when somebody gives you a compliment, in one form or another, say, God is good. God's good. God's gracious. Well, it's because of the Lord. Well, don't just do that at church. Do that at work. Do that at your family reunion. <laughs> do that, you know, do that, do that among the lost as well as, as, as well as the saved. Make known his deeds among the people. One of the reasons why we have testimonies around here uh, is, is so that folks can, can brag on God. It's not, it's not given... You know, and sometimes it turns into this. It sometimes turns into a health report. Sometimes it turns into a vacation report. It's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be a report about how good your God has been to you and how your God has taken care of you and made known his deeds among the people. That'll give you joy. Um, another thing that he says in this, in this uh, uh, psalm is uh, uh, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Singing makes a difference. Singing makes a difference. Um, just, uh, there have been times when, I, I remember one time in particular, I mean, I was, I was fighting something. I mean, just really, it was just a real struggle in my heart. And I was so focused on the struggle that I'd lost quite a bit of joy. And I just came back from spending time with a good friend who encouraged me. And so I uh, was going, I was, I was coming up from Pennsylvania and I was uh, going through some little small towns. My, I don't think my air conditioner was working because my window was down and I, I hate having my window down so it must have been a hot day. Um, but uh, uh, I had my, my window down, I was going through a small town and I, I put into, I uh, put the, the John Marshall family, some of their music, uh, into the, the, back then it was a cassette player, and uh, started, to, started to listen to the music. And I can remember singing along with them, and, and, and I was doing like, well actually like this, on the side of the car, people were looking at me like, what in the world is the matter with him? Well, the truth of the matter was, there was not much matter with me because Singing to God can put a smile on your face. Um, this morning, we were singing these hymns, and I don't even remember which one it was. I think it was the very first one. And man, I, I just I, I couldn't get the, the grin off of my face because I was looking at the Word saying, man, God, you've been good. Man, Lord, you've been gracious. Lord, you've been merciful. Um, singing can, can uh, help you get joy. It really makes a difference. Um, 
Then, then another thing that can, that can produce joy, a source of joy, is talking of all his wondrous works. Just talking about his wondrous works. I, have a, uh, I found a, an article in a book. It was a devotional book about parenting that I thought was interesting. The, a parent wrote and said this, as a parent, my first objective is to bring my children face to face with God. How? Number one, by relating everything that happens in your family to him. Number two, by linking every TV program watched, every conversation started, every decision made, every news item heard, every problem faced in the home to an attribute of God. And that's good. You know what that is? That's keeping God in the forefront of your heart and mind and communicating that to your family. Um, third thing, by drawing your children's attention to how God is at work in every problem the family faces, whether at home, in the school, with friends, or on the job. Number four, by drawing attention to the providence of God in everything that happens in, in your home. And then last of all, by keeping a record of answered prayer in the lives of the family throughout the year. Uh, you know, what, what, what is that? Well, that, that is just simply uh, talking about his wondrous works. Uh, I remember when I was serving as associate pastor out in Green Bay, one of the things that Pastor Keck used to do, he was a football fan. And, uh, well, you have to be. If you're in Green Bay, they won't let you in if you're not a football fan. They won't let you on the other side of the city line. But uh, uh, he was a football fan. He was a Packer fan, obviously. And uh, what he did with his boys as he was growing up, when he saw certain attitudes that were being displayed by players, if they were good attitudes, he cut out a cut out the article that displayed it. If there were a bad attitude, he cut out the article that displayed it. And they followed uh, the, the, the process of that person's life. And what they found was the ones with the right attitudes ended up doing better than the ones that had the bad attitudes. And then he would relate that to the Word of God, and he would relate that to God. What is that? That's just taking everything that happens in our lives and saying, it's all his wondrous works. It's all him. So talk about it. Talk of all his wondrous works. Another thing we can do is glory ye in his holy name. You know, uh, I just, I heard, and I was trying to think exactly who it was, but some, some notable person, and I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say who I think it is because I may be wrong, but some very notable famous person, uh, stood up in public within the last two weeks and said, I just want to thank, now he didn't, he, you know, he, he was trying to give God honor and glory and credit. He didn't say, I want to thank God. He didn't say, I want to thank the Lord. He said, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, that, I mean, that, that came out like a, like a sledgehammer. Uh, to my attention, uh, and, and uh, I thought, praise the Lord, man. And I don't even know if that person was saved, 
but they were acknowledging God. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge his name. Glory in, in the name of your God. And then let the, the heart of them rejoice that seek God. Um, trouble is, you know, is designed to turn our affections from the things of God. We ought to instead allow it to, to uh, when I say designed, designed by others and designed by the devil, to cause us to have the wrong reaction. But if we have the right reaction, that brings God glory and that brings God praise. And what we need to do is we need to seek him with our whole heart. Uh, another thing that he says in this prayer is, is seek the Lord and his strength. Understand, you're not going to make it on your own strength. And when you seek his strength and you see him bring you through, what a blessing that is. What an encouragement that is. And then last of all, seek his face continually. Well, if you're going to seek the face of God, that means you've got to confess your sin. If we're faithful, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Keep as short of an uh, account with, with God as you possibly can on a day-by-day -day basis. And uh, not, notice this, that in all of these things that we just mentioned, uh, our, our attention is diverted from circumstances, it's diverted from people, and it focuses on God. It doesn't focus on them. It doesn't focus on uh, circumstances. It doesn't even focus on ourselves. When we get our focus off ourselves, others, and the circumstances, and we get it on God, can I tell you something? There's joy. Joy springs up from our hearts. I want to end this morning by just asking you some simple questions. How joyful are you? Are you joyful like the Lord wants you to be joyful? Do you, do you see, uh, do people see a bright and a smiling con uh, countenance when they see you, when they see your face? Do they see someone who, who uh, has joy written on their face? And by the way, if you've got it in your heart, it's going to come out in your face. Uh, do people comment on your joyful spirit? Does anyone ever say something positive about the fact you're joyful? Can I tell you something? If you are joyful, they will notice, especially out in the world. Now, they might think you're nuts, but, but they'll notice because you have joy. Uh, does it take much to take your joy from you? Huh? What, what does it take for you to turn that joy into a sourpuss attitude? Do you cry out to God? When faced with difficulty, do you ask him to, to help you? Is that an immediate response? Uh, when God blesses you, do you tell others? And again, not just your, your friends and family, but do you tell other people what God's doing for you? Would you describe your fellowship with God as enjoyable, rich, and wholehearted? Is it, is it, the, is it the kind of, of, of fellowship that, that brings that joy and that peace within. Do you, do you thank God for every trial, no matter what it is when it comes across your path? Do you, do you witness often? You tell other people about, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you discipling others? Are you helping other people in their Christian growth? Now, I'm not talking about sitting down and having a lesson. 
I'm talking about investing your life into the lives of other people. And then last of all, uh, do you put your whole heart and your whole mind into the jobs that you're given? Whatsoever you do, do you do it heartily as unto the Lord? Is there joy in the depths of your heart this morning? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask that you might help us to look at our own hearts this morning and see if uh, our lives are characterized by a joyful spirit. Lord, this whole world needs some joy. It certainly doesn't have any in its own. There may be fun, there may be excitement out there, but true joy can only come from Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'd help us as saved people to realize that just having that joy can be a real testimony to others. Now, Lord, there may be folks under the sound of my voice this morning that they don't have joy. They've never really had it because they've never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, I pray you bring them to a point where they realize that they have a need and their need is forgiveness. They'd realize that, that their sin will take them to hell for all eternity if they don't repent and believe on Jesus Christ and trust you and you alone as Savior. God, I really... And I, I, I've said this before and I've heard others say it. I, I really pray that those that are hearing these words this morning and they're not saved. God, my, and I don't say this in any in mean or spiteful way, but I pray that you would give them no rest and give them no peace and give them turmoil in their heart until they come to know you as Savior. When they turn from their, their sin and they trust you and you alone as Savior, it'll be amazing to them the joy and the peace that floods their soul. God, we pray that, that you would work in this, with this message, with the words of God uh, during this invitation, speak to our hearts. And God, as you speak to us, help us to respond to you. We pray that you get the honor and you get the glory from every decision that's made today for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'll stand together.